بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسوله الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ tonight is the 22nd of february in the year 2024 and alhamdulillah we've completed the third week the 21st night that we're going through the illustrious and noble life of the blessed companion sayyidina amr ibn al-as radiyallahu and i'm spent one or two sessions Uh, clarifying upon the holy verse in surah al-hadid surah 57 verse 10 where allah the almighty and glorious makes a distinction between the companions i.e. those that spent and fought before the victory are greater than those who came thereafter and then i mentioned that there was two views the first being that the victory refers to the fall of makkah but what is far more likely is that it was the treaty of hudaybiyah And there's another very clear proof indicating that it's the treaty of Hudaybiyah. And that is Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu. So when the treaty of Hudaybiyah was signed, Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu, he couldn't understand why apparently the treaty was in favor of the unbelievers. And then he started questioning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he went to Abu Bakr. And eventually he regretted this. He said, why am I questioning the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he feared that revelation would descend, indicating that he was amongst the hypocrites. And then the long report mentions, and this is all in the sayyih, that he was cold. And Umar was dragging his feet, going to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasulullah, his face was shining. And he said, a surah has been revealed to me, O Umar. which is more beloved to me than everything on which the sun shines. And it was Surah Al-Fatih. And the Prophet recited the entire Surah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Umar Radiyallahu. And Umar questioned even after the Surah, is this really a victory, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said yes. So that was revealed after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And the Surah is called Surah Al-Fatih. So obviously, how could it be referring to the fall of Makkah? <laughs> so again, this is another proof that it was the treaty which is being referred to as the Fatih. But of course, we respect the difference of opinion. And the last thing I mentioned was the report in which our beloved messenger famously mentioned that his ummah will split into 73 sects and all of them will be in the fire except one. And when he was asked, the Prophet said, that which I sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and my companions are upon. And this is a sahih hadith in Abu Dawood al-Badi and Shaykh al-Bari rahmatullahi alayhi said sahih in as-sahihah number 203-4. So this is a clear proof that all of the companions were upon guidance as if we needed to know. The Prophet said myself and my companions are upon. So in reality all of these authentic reports only echo the verse that we're discussing. Because after Allah the Almighty made the distinction between the companions, what did he say at the end? وَقُلْ لَنْ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ حُسْنًا To all has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised the most beautiful reward. 
So when he differentiated between the senior and junior companions, he still promised, husna." To all of them, whether they're senior or junior, he has promised, I, I paradise. So here again, the hadith are clarifying upon this. So how clear and explicit the holy text. Thus what is the matter with the deviants? That they overlook this holy verse and say a hadith from our beloved messenger and thereby target such hallowed and noble souls with such huge and gargantuan accolades. Meaning they just, like you said, they, like the hearts and the ears must be closed to, look, to reject was absolutely clear. It then comes as no wonder to realize the anger of our beloved Messenger towards those foolish and ignorant so-called Muslims who target such hallowed and venerable souls. So like I mentioned, Rasulullah would not get angry for himself. He'd only get angry for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he got angry over this. So this is showing that this is a serious matter. So for instance, our beloved messenger, he said, sallallahu alayhi wa Verily, the evil members of my ummah are those who would be disrespectful to my companions. Verily, the evil members of my ummah are those who would be disrespectful to my companions. This is in Ibn Adi and Mazair i Haq, number 6017. So how did the Prophet describe them? Evil. So we don't say they're bad, we say they are evil people who disrespect the companions. The Prophet called them evil. And in a slightly different wording, our beloved messenger said, the worst of my ummah censure my companions. Astaghfirullah. The worst of my ummah censure my companions. This is in Abu Nu'im al-Hilya 2-183. So they are the evil ones of this nation and they are the worst of this nation who find fault and disrespect the companions. Why? Because our beloved messenger said, whoever insults my companions, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse him. Astaghfirullah. Whoever insults my companions, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse him. This is in Ahmad in his Fada'il al-Sahaba, Tabarani, Bazar, Ibn Asakir, Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawaid, 9-748, Sahih. Imam Sayyuti rahmatullahi in his Jami al-Saqib, number 7278, with a Sahih chain of transmission. So, who has cursed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He's made a dua. And he said, may Allah Ta'ala curse who? Meaning they're doomed. Those who insult my companions. So when the Prophet curses, disaster. That means all mercy has been stripped from these people. And they are deserving who? Who insult my companions. Our beloved messenger also said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, It, i.e. my shafa'a, my intercession, will not be for the person who diminishes the rank of my companions. Astaghfirullah. It, I, my glorious intercession, will not be for the person who diminishes the rank of my companions. This is in Dehlami, in his Musnad al-Firdos, 2-352, Ibn An-Najjar, Qanzal Umal, 7-272, 
I had the Sahaba volume 4, page 450 of the New English Translation. So why would the Prophet be prevented from interceding? It means these people have to be punished. <laughs> the intercession, inshallah, will save you from being punished. But those who diminish the rank of my companions, because they will not be given my shafa, they are prevented from my shafa. So again, note, you can go on and on and on. But all of this highlights the status of the students of the Prophet So now after establishing that Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As belonged to those who embraced Islam after the Fatah, i.e. the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, it is still very important to point out that they have something which the other junior companions do not. And that is, Hijrah was still taking place. The Hijrah finished upon when the holy city of Makkah fell and it was completed with Abbas, the Prophet's uncle. So even though Khalid bin Walid, Amr ibn al-As, Uthman ibn Talha, anhum, are amongst the junior companions because they embraced Islam after the Fath, they still have something that the others don't. They have Hijrah. So this is probably highlighting why the Prophet said, well, sorry, why the companion said, we noticed that we were given something above those who came after us. Maybe they were highlighting this honor given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's return once again to the rank of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiallahu. So testifying further to the purity of this noble man, Ibn Abi Mulaika rahmatullahi he relates that Talha ibn Ubaidullah he said, Radiallahu La uhaddithu an Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shay'an illa anni sami'tu yaqul I do not usually relate anything from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but I have heard him say inna amr ibn al-Asi min salihi Quraysh verily amr ibn al-As radiallahu is one of the righteous of the Quraysh. So let's look at it. So this is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 3845, in the chapter on Al-Manaqib, i.e. virtues. Ahmad in his Musnad, number 1382, Marif al-Ahadith, volume 4, page 614 of the New English Translation. So now if you look at the chain of this hadith, Ibn Abi Mulaika, he is a narrator that Imam Bukhari used. So he's of the highest levels of... Uh, purity and scholarship. However, Ibn Abi Mulaika, what does this narration indicate? He related this from Talha, one of the ten from his paradise. Talha, Ibn Abi Mulaika did not see or hear directly from him. So does this weaken the report? Yes, it does. So even though he is like a saintly soul, Ibn Abi Mulaika, and you would expect, obviously, he's not going to make something up. The fact that he never heard or saw Talha directly weakens the report. But how much does it weaken it? Very slightly. So again, this is important to point out. That's why Imam Tirmidhi records it and Imam Ahmed. But this shows how strict the scholars are, but they highlight this. Leaving that to one side, what did Talha radiyallahu say? I don't usually relate anything from the Prophet. And if I was to ask you, how many hadith does he narrate? Not many. Even the scholars struggle. He goes, Talha, what does he narrate? Because he talks about Uhud. MashaAllah, that was his day. Well, anything else? 
But then he said, but I will tell you this, meaning this is one hadith I will tell you. So this shows this is very precious. Talha radiyallahu said, I heard Rasulullah say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّا عَمْرَ رَبْنَ الْعَاسِ مِنْ صَالِحِ قُرِيشِ Verily, Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu, is one of the righteous of the Quraysh. Now, why think about that? Why did the Prophet say that? Because he's Rasulullah. He knows this companion is going to be targeted. <laughs> Rasulullah knew the future. Allah gave him that knowledge. And when you get to it, you'll realize why he's making these statements. So, to us, it sounds strange. You're thinking, well, obviously, he's a companion. So, why did the Prophet say he's one of the righteous of the Quraysh? Because he's telling you. I'm telling you that. Talha, mm-hmm. what's interesting, he lived into the fitna. So, when do you think he narrated this hadith? <laughs> right? So, this shows the companions, they knew when to and what time was most appropriate to relate the hadith of the Prophet. So, think about this. The Quraysh, to be amongst the Quraysh is a tremendous honor. But the Prophet said, he is one of the righteous of them. Amr, radiyallahu. Those subhanallah, when our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa described anyone as righteous, how dare anyone else say otherwise? Mm-hmm. So think about that. You get people saying that he wasn't righteous. So who do we believe with? <laughs> right? Rasulullah saying he is righteous. You're saying he's not. So who's a, who's a liar? Mm-hmm. Does it take a brain surgeon to work out? That means you've messed up. Mm-hmm. Testifying to his deep-seated iman, our beloved messenger made the following do'a for him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salah upon Amr ibn al-As, for he loves you and loves your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, subhanallah. This is recorded by Hafiz Zahabi, rahmatullahi in his seer, volume 3, page 65, Ma'rifal al-Hadith, volume 4, page 613 of the New English Translation. So look at this du'a. What du'a did he make? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Send salat upon Amr. Now we say upon the Prophet. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Allah ta'ala and his angels send salat upon the Prophet. Then Allah ta'ala tells us to do the same. Rasulullah did that for Amr. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send salat blessings upon Amr ibn al-As. Then he told you why? Because he loves you and he loves me. So, only Allah Ta'ala knows what's in the hearts. The Prophet said, He loves you, O my Lord, and He loves me. Therefore, you shower Him with your blessings. So, how can He not be righteous? So, note again, the Prophet is mentioning the purity and the also deep-seated Iman in His blessed heart. Highlighting how much the Prophet loved and, you know, venerated Him. In one report, Zuhair ibn Qais, he relates from his uncle Al-Qama ibn Ramtha al-Balwi radiyallahu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once dispatched Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As to Bahrain radiyallahu after which he became drowsy with sleep so picture this here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he's given a mission to Amr ibn al-As to head towards Bahrain which I'll mention at the relevant time so he sets off after Amr sets off, Rasulullah, he goes into, you know, uh, a light sleep. When his eyes later opened, he وسلم, said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon Amr. We, the companions, then asked amongst ourselves, which Amr is he referring to? 
He then fell drowsy and fell asleep again. When his eyes later opened, he once again said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon Amr. So we asked amongst each other, which Amr is he referring to? This happened a third time. The Prophet fell asleep. He said it again after he awoke. We thereupon asked, Ya Rasulullah, which Amr are you referring to? The Prophet said, Amr ibn al-As. We then said, what is the matter with him? I that you are now supplicating for him. Has something happened to him, Ya Rasulullah? Rasulullah said, I'm missing him. Subhanallah. Is I'm missing him. Indeed, whenever I would say to him, give sadaqah for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would promptly bring a large amount of wealth. I would then ask him, where did you get this huge amount from? He would say, I have brought this from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Amr spoke the truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now an immense good destined for Amr. Zohair, the sub narrator, added, When the fitna thus erupted, I said to myself, Whatever Rasulullah said about him is true. Hence, considering this, I shall now support him during this fitna. Thus, I never parted from him thereafter. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir 5-18. Hakim in his Mustadrak 3-445. Sahih. Hafiz Zahabi stated Hassan Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid volume 9 page 352. Ibn Sa'ad in his Tabakat volume 1 page 309 of the English translation in the chapter on the companions of Rasulullah in Egypt. Ma'arif Al-Ahadith volume 4 page 613-4 of the New English translation. So this is either a Sahih Hadith or it's a Hassan Hadith meaning it's authentic. So Rasulullah has set him on a mission. Three times he goes into a, a light slumber. Three times he makes the dua. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy upon Amr. So obviously the companions weren't thinking of Amr ibn Allah. They were thinking, no, obviously he's just set off. So they're thinking, who's, which Amr is he talking about? When the Prophet said Amr ibn Al-As, then what did they think? Something's happened to him. Maybe he's been ambushed, some things, you know. And the Prophet said, I'm missing him. Question, how long has he left? And there's actually a background for this, but I'll mention it at the relevant time. So think about that. How much did the Prophet love him? I'm missing him. Now, why did he miss him? He actually gave you the reason. He goes, whenever I would say give, peace of Allah, He'd bring a large amount of wealth. So think about that. Some companions brought a little, some would be a bit more. But he goes, Amr, every time I asked him, he goes, he'd bring a, a large amount. So I would say, where did you get this from? And look what he would say humbly. I got this from Allah. Allah Ta'ala has given it me, I'm giving it back to him. So he didn't put any credit on himself. And the Prophet was pleased. And what did he say? said, Allah, Amr spoke the truth. Then he said something amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now an immense goodness destined for Amr. 
But this baby, you're going to have to wait for the next few months. Allah has promised him some goodness. He goes, you're going to see this tremendous goodness. Mm-hmm. But it's because of these early sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So then the narrator in the chain, that's why I mentioned the chain at the beginning, Zuhair ibn Qais, Rahmatullahi, relates from his uncle, the companion, Al-Qama ibn Ramtha al-Balwi. So the nephew of that companion, he said, when the fitna erupted, I was in sixes and sevens. I was, where shall I turn? But then I said to myself, what the Prophet said about him is true. <laughs> Hence, I'm sticking to him during this fitna. Because I'm never going to leave him. And he never left us. So look how beautiful. The narrator who passed the hadith on to us, he goes, how can I leave the one whom the Prophet has praised? And he loves so much. So the Lord is. So note, what do you learn? People don't know nothing about the Zahab. <laughs> like imagine, you know, you ask him, you know about Allah, he got involved in fitna, did he? Mashallah. <laughs> Confirming this further to finish. In Ibn Adi, Kanzal Omal, volume 5, page 250, Al-Hayatami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 352, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 162 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Jabir radiyallahu, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa once made the following dua three times. Not once, three times. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, forgive Amr ibn al-As For indeed, whenever I requested him for charity, he always promptly brings it to me. So this confirms. So this is also an authentic report in Ibn Ali. Forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Whenever I ask, he brings always quickly and in large amounts. Thus look at our beloved messenger's deep love for this most noble man, that he missed him and supplicated for him three times that he received the priceless divine mercy and forgiveness in addition to the fact that much good now also awaited him. So all of these reports I'm mentioning are so important when you go on into his later life. If you haven't got this foundation, Shaitan's going to take your catch off. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the problem. Right? Shaitan takes, you know, the people's underwear off because they don't know left from right. They start speaking ill about Sahaba. Mm-hmm. And look at all the threats that the Prophet gave. You know, they can show us complete ignorance, destroying themselves. And then these people, they pride themselves on their deeds. That's what really makes me laugh. Right? You've destroyed yourself and you're priding yourself on your deeds. I'd rather be weak in my deeds and love and venerate the companions. Right? Why? Because at least that way I've got the shafat, the Prophet. So, note again, so important that this hammers into your psyche, i.e., their status with Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, all I mentioned today was again talking about the incredible status of this great companion, Sayyidina Amr ibn al As. And notice, Endless reports uh, with regards to his status. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanallah, we have these one of the Lahuma, we have the Kashtolai, Lahi, the Master for the Kalafi, the Lakos, the Nine Mission Angels, Hundred of the Kalafi, is it my Sidun, Salam, the Lil Mulsari, will have the Lahi, will admin, Smilar Marri, will ask in Salafi Hussle, Ladina Amu, Amilus Salhat, or was Bilhak, or was Bissar, Sadakanda.